keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. McCaffrey scores. 49ers in front. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo. Circus again. In the middle, intercepted. Welcome to the Mixed Pick Sports Show. It is Monday, January 22nd, 2024. Let's say hi to Steve Mickelson from MixedPicks.com. Two K's in Mix, two K's in Picks. MixedPicks.com. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Uh, we had uh, four uh, games this weekend, and three of them were absolutely amazing. Uh, here's what we got uh, coming up in the next uh, hour. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna the Texans lost, but was their was their season still a success? Probably the same question for the Packers. We're gonna talk about your Lions, who are headed to the uh, championship game for the first time uh, since forever. Uh, Raiders have a new uh, full time head coach and does any of this matter anyways because all the games are rigged so that's what we're going to try to squeeze in in the next uh in the next hour a bit of semi-breaking news uh just reported the san francisco 49ers consider it 50 50 as to whether debo samuel will be able to play in sunday's nfc championship game he suffered the, that shoulder injury in the first half of the niners victory came out uh, in a street close now as we saw steve in that game debo samuel he's incredible he's highly valuable he he is not Christian McCaffrey. That that is the the linchpin to that team. And with all of that said, that that game on Saturday night had me on pins and needles as a Niners fan right up until the very end, and it has me concerned about going into the game Sunday against your Lions. Yeah, very understandable. The, the Niners game that was a great game. I've never cheered for the 49ers so much in my life, but Christian McCaffrey is such a big part of that. You know, when you mentioned Debo Samuel, he has the shoulder injury. I wouldn't expect the 49ers to come out, even if he wasn't going to play and be honest and say, look, he's out for this game. You want to make Detroit prepare for him. You want to make the Lions believe that he's going to play because he still is a big part of that offense. But the 49ers, they found a way to get it done. Uh, Brock Purdy was not shocked in any way, but he made it happen the last drive. And, uh, it was a great game. I enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully now the Lions can figure out how to continue to have success running against that 49ers defense. You th- and you think, I'm sorry, phone number is 888-989-9811 if you want to be part of the conversation. You can always email us in real time, rad at radradio.com. You do think that's the that's the, the, ca- the pathway to victory for your Lions to march into Santa Clara and have a shot against the Niners is to run the ball. Absolutely. The Lions, when they're at their best, they've had success running the ball. I think they were fifth in the league in in running. This sets up their passing game, which is good, but golf needs time. The Lions luckily feature one of the best offensive lines in football. But if they're not able to run the ball, this team has really struggled. And it also allows the, the 49ers offense to be on the sideline. Detroit wants to control that clock. They want to dictate the tempo of this game, keep the 49ers on the sideline, because we all know the Lions secondary isn't very good. The 49ers are going to be able to pass at will, I believe, against the Lions. But if you can control the clock, control that tempo, keep the 49ers on the sideline, it's it's what good teams do against Patrick Mahomes. If he's on the sideline, he can't beat you. And, and that's to me, would be the game plan for the Lions. Now, and as a, as a Lions fan at this point, is this all gravy for you? I mean, you're going to the NFC Championship game for only the second time ever. And I'm not trying to say, you know, you got to lick your wounds already. I know you want to win. I don't know how much, like if you gave me a percentage, how much do you expect the Lions to win? 70, 30, you know, that kind of thing. 
I'd probably go 90, 10. I, I don't give Against. the Lions a whole lot of shot oh. here. But again, I, I'm hoping they can keep it close. I'm hoping it can be a good game. Um, just the fact that they've won in the playoffs and they've now won two games in the playoffs. We just went from one to three in my lifetime. I mean, that is huge. <laughs> and even if they get beat by the 49ers, I still believe the 49ers are a better team if by chance the Lions were to win this game. Uh, it would just be one of those days because not every team's going to beat the other team every single time they ever face each other. So I, if the Lions lose, I will still have and enjoyed an incredible season. I've loved every minute of it, even when I've gotten nervous about it. And, uh-oh, here we go again. And that pessimistic side comes out. It, it's been a wonderful ride. And and I know, you know, part of this is we're spoiled, right? But as, as Niner fans... There's been no Super Bowl since 1994, no victories. And there was that moment on Saturday night, and at this point it's all a blur. Was it? I think Joe Buck was calling the game. I don't know who was calling that damn game. But whoever was calling the game, they made the point that it was, as, as the Niners were driving down for the drive that ultimately did beat the Packers, it was, like, devastatingly quiet at Levi's Stadium because it's it's a different mindset. You know, you say, oh, well, you know, if the Lions lose, uh, you know, or, or, or actually think the way you said it was, you know, if the Lions win, it's just another, it's just a bad day. No. That, that, look, I, I, and I'm concerned about Brock Purdy, and, and a lot of people are. Yes, he pulled it out, and he, he, he not only made that great run on that drive, he made some amazing throws on that drive, too, and a lot of us were sitting there going, where's this guy been? And... I think there's and, and I know we've been jumping on and off the drop the Brock Purdy train this whole season. I, I'm I'm not saying anything other than I'm still a fan, but he looked nervous and green. And I, that that I think is what concerns a lot of us going into the Sunday championship game. But keep in mind, this is only his second year in the league. He got hurt last year in the postseason. He wasn't able to fully experience what he's going through. I think it's a great learning experience for Brock Purdy here. He made a couple of great throws. The throw to Jennings and that catch by Jennings, <laughs> huge. And I believe I texted you saying, I think Brock Purdy's playing for a contract here because if he loses this game the way he looked, I think the 49ers bring in competition and let's go see what we have or at least give Sam Darnold an opportunity next year to win that spot. But he has to learn. He has to grow. He has to go through this. I just chalk it up as this is a learning experience. He didn't have his best stuff. He found a way to win. And hopefully as a 49ers fan, he continues to grow and continues to be a better and better quarterback because I do believe he fits great with this system because I think he's very intelligent as a quarterback. He, I'm never going to say he has all the physical ability of a Josh Allen or anyone like that but he fits well with the system. And as long as he continues to grow and gain this experience, you have to go through it to get experience. And I thought last week he got it. Do you think any of this stuff that the media ma manufactures that we as fans manufacture is legit vis-a-vis -vis this? First of all, the Lions, they're, they're, they're a Cinderella story. They're an amazing story. I don't know which, which adjective we'd use. You know, they, they haven't been to the postseason in forever, et cetera. You can see how much Detroit is loving this. So there's that element of it and that that kind of motivates them. Or they're a team of destiny. And then on the other side, the Niners will find out over the course of the week no one is rooting for them outside of Northern California. And the Lions within the football world have become, quote-unquote, America's replacement team because it's such a in, – in the NFL world because it's such a great story. Do, do you think do – the, do, the, do you get the impression that coaches and players like in the Niners locker room take that as a chip on their shoulder or that the Lions feel like they're a team of destiny and that propels them to do better? Or is this all crap? 
I think it's all more media talk. I believe the Lions are 27 in their last 29 games. So this isn't a team that appeared out of nowhere and suddenly, like the Texans, look, they were considered one of the three worst teams going into the season. There were high expectations for the Lions from the get-go, from the way they finished the season. I think Dan Campbell has instilled this into this team. But look, we want to be a physical team. We feel we can go on the road. We can be anybody, anywhere, anytime. And you have to love that attitude for the Lions. The fans, on their hand, though, we have seen so much heartbreak and disappointment. <laughs> And just so many miserable seasons that, you know, we're finally enjoying it. You, you know, the, one of the problems that comes with success is once you become successful, your expectations rise and then that's expected. Mm -hmm. And that's where the 49ers are at. All the people outside of Northern California that don't like the 49ers, the reason they don't like them is all the success they've had. Oh, I'm tired of seeing the 49ers. They always win. You know, we had it with Montana, Young. Even Kaepernick took him to the Super Bowl, you know. But as a 49er fan, your expectation really is kind of like the Dodgers and the Yankees. If we don't win at all, it was a failure. Real quick. So that's where that success plays in. The Lions have never had that. How about those? How about the Packers? I mean, the, the Packers, the Niners did not play all the way up to their potential, but the Packers did some things really well. Jordan Love, we were here uh, what uh, two months ago saying he shouldn't even be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's they're going to be a team to, to reckon with next year. Oh, absolutely, and I equate them a lot to what the Lions did last year when they finished the season strong. First half of the season, you know, I watched all the Packer games. First half of the season, they really contained him they didn't let him open up the offense he missed some a lot of easy throws you could see there were moments of brilliance that wow this guy could be really good but he missed too many basic as the season went on in that second half of the season he made the throws he remained composed in the pocket he knew exactly what he was going to do and how he was going to do it and to me being a Lions fan, it's like, hey, we finally got success. The Vikings are on a down. <laughs> have never figured it out. Jordan Love's not the answer. Now I'm going, crap, here's another team. Yep. And, and I think it's going to be great to watch the Lions and the Packers next year because I think the Packers really are. We saw it with their upset win in Dallas, dominated the Cowboys, and they had the Niners on the ropes, and, and many could argue that they – probably should have won that game because they outplayed the 49ers in that game. So it, it's, it was a season of low expectations. Everyone believes and knows they exceeded those expectations and the future's bright for green Bay right now. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about last night and everything that went on with the, uh, the chiefs and, and the bills. Oh, the long suffering bills. We're back after this. Knicks picks the mix pick sports show. Call the Mix Pick Sports Show at 888-989-9811. One other note, uh, Steve, we should have at least uh, mentioned uh, the, the name of the team that uh, your Detroit Lions uh, beat yesterday to get into the NFC Championship game. Moments after uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers season ended with the 31-23 loss, Coach Todd Bowles said that quarterback Baker Mayfield earned the right to return next year. He says everybody loves him. Uh, there's no deal on the table for him yet, uh, yet but they say that uh, 
conversations are going to start. I don't think either one of us has ever been a big believer in Baker Mayfield. Do we have to give him some props for what he did this year? I think you do. I think it's the first time in his career he actually just went out and played football and and didn't feel like he had anything to prove. His time in Carolina, Cleveland didn't go well. And his going to the Rams last year and just, hey, here it is, just go have some fun, I think really helped him develop as a quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback in the NFL. I think he's deserved the right to come back and and earn a mid-size contract with the Bucs. And, and he did a great job. Nobody expected the Bucs to be good this year. And, uh, you know, I, I credit Mayfield because he had a lot better season than I thought he could ever produce in the NFL. Is he the quarterback, though, that you tie your franchise to and 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 and, and head forward? And, and, you know, Todd Bowles, I saw Todd Bowles yesterday, the head coach, and he was saying, you know, I, I I know Tom Brady left, but I was looking around going, I got all this talent. Why do you think we're going to be no good? Now, I don't know if we agree with that assessment, but if, if, is Baker Mayfield the guy that can that plugs in with the I, – I, I look, you're right. The way they played towards the end of the season, it's hard to argue with. I would never give him the big contract. I, I'm not making him a $40 million quarterback but, you know, I'm 25 million. Here you go. If they get a player in the draft, you know, take that spot because I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's going to lead the Buccaneers now to five, six, seven playoff appearances. I, I just don't see that. But, you know, like you say with head coaches, what other option do they have? If there's a better option out there, go grab it. But if they're not, you know, you can win with him. He's good enough quarterback with the talent that you have that can keep you competitive. And he has the advantage of being in a really weak division with the Panthers and the Falcons. So there's not a lot of competition there. You know, the saints keep, you know, not living up to expectations. So to me, he's their best option. And unless something else shows up. Now, one of the things people either really like or really hate about this show is that we, we try to actually focus on sports and we try to not get too far distracted by, by the, by the hot takes or the, the hot. So you go to last night's game and the thing that, that, okay, there's two things that everybody's talking about. One has nothing to do with football, all the Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey crap. But in terms of the game, the wide right thing, where uh, where, where uh, Bass misses the, 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 the field goal attempt with, what, a minute 47 to go to, to tie the game. Jim Nance, to his credit, he, did a, he made a great call. Wide right, oh, that's just like, you know, bad words in Buffalo. It harkens us back to Scott Norwood in, in 1991. And I, I was driving into work this morning, and I was listening to a sports show, I think on satellite radio or out of some other city, I don't know. And they're, they're, they're whole, the whole time, I got a 20-minute drive, they're talking about wide right, you know, because it's sensational and it's hyperbolic. It's like, this is not the same wide right. Scott Norwood missed a chance to win the Super Bowl. The only thing that happens if Bass makes that field goal is he ties the game and gives the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with a minute 45. So I, I don't know how much time you want to spend on it. It's a cool little sexy story for a few moments until you think about it. Yeah, I agree. I, I really don't see a whole lot there. There's a big difference between a kick at the end of the Super Bowl. If I make it, I win. If I miss it, we lose the game. Giving Patrick Mahomes even a minute on the clock. I mean, we've seen him with like 28 seconds go down <laughs> and, and score. So giving him a minute and a half, not even saying the Bills win in regulation. Best case scenario, they tie, they go into overtime. Again, it hasn't been decided. But to me, it's it's a 
big, big difference between being the losing kicker who costs your team a game in the Super Bowl than I know it's the playoffs, but come on. I, I let's stick with the Bills because the Bills they did there they go again. You know, Josh Allen and the Bills they had a chance. They were all I mean they were at home. They had a home game and yet again they go home disappointed and and we're starting to get that chatter already of can Josh Allen lead his team to the Super Bowl ever? Uh, it, 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 are the Bills? I, I made the reference uh, earlier uh, today. I texted you or whatever that uh, that uh, somebody said the Bills are becoming the Dallas Cowboys of of the AFC, the team that is constantly you were told going to go. This is their year, and they're just not there. How, how I don't know. I don't know if devastating is the right word, but but let's use it. How devastating is that loss for them last night? I, I think it's huge. If they were ever going to beat the Chiefs. They were at home. The Chiefs were not the explosive team we've seen in the past. This was their shot. I, I like the Bills to finally get it done. I, I think as a the Bills organization, you have to sound now and look at, at the head coach, McDermott. I mean, do you keep him? Is making the playoffs enough to do it? Or is your ultimate goal to win the Super Bowl? Because they've had the talent. This has been one of the most talented rosters in the NFL the last several years and they can't get by the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes isn't 38 years old and going away. This isn't changing. And this is where I would ask you, Rob, I mean, as a 49ers fan, are you content every year? Hey, look, we're really good. We're one of the best teams in the league. We make the playoffs. We advance a couple of rounds, but we never make the Super Bowl. We never seem to win that really big game. Are you content as a fan? Are you ready to say, you know what? Let's take the next step. If it blows up and we're no longer very good and we got to rebuild again, we're a good enough organization to make that happen. Or the goals win a Super Bowl, and this guy's not getting it done. It's so funny you say that because I was thinking about that uh, yesterday or this morning is that we're not there yet. But after going through Saturday night and and having those moments where I was thinking that the, the, the Niners are going to lose, at some point, I I know John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan love each other, and, and I'm not saying they haven't done a great job, but at some point, Shanahan better win a Super Bowl, okay? Mm-hmm. Getting, getting them there would bide more time. But when you look, and I was what I was wondering was, when does the Mike McCarthy, Sean McDermott chatter begin around Kyle Shanahan? It's not this year. Even if they, if they lose to the Lions— I don't. I don't. There'll be some rumblings, I think, because Shanahan. Come on, does anyone really believe that the 49ers are not the most talented roster? I mean, he's got everything. The only possible argument you can make, at least that I make, is that he's got, like you said, basically a second-year quarterback, which I think bides him some time in terms of one more year. But the answer to your question, obviously, is no. At some point, we all start to go, "Damn it!" And it's not just that you're getting our hopes up. It's that you have all that talent, and you seem to think the Bills have a pretty good a pretty good amount of talent on their team. I thought going into the season, I thought the three most talented rosters in the NFL were the 49ers, one, the Eagles, two, and the Bills, three. I felt they were the three best. We watched Andy Reid for years continue <laughs> to win in Philadelphia. You know, what do you got to do? Straight NFC championship games has a Super Bowl appearance. They get tired of it. Look, you got to win one. He moved on. He's gone to KC. He's doing it. Luckily, he's won two Super Bowls. But you got to start asking 
you know, Kyle Shanahan, when are you really going to win the big game? Because you get us there, but you don't win that big game. And yes, you can say, look, we're playing with a second year quarterback, Brock Purdy. He was Mr. Irrelevant. Well, why are you playing with Brock Purdy? Because you swung and missed on Trey Lance. You gave away a fortune for Trey Lance, who's no longer even with you, that you traded away for a fourth-round pick from the Cowboys. Maybe it was a fifth-round pick. So maybe you need to take a little bit of blame there. And they've done a phenomenal job. But at a certain point, you got to produce. you got to win the big game. Just getting there isn't good enough. One of the fun things about sports is we we get to do those what-if things. And as we talk this through, I, I, I do wonder, what would the reaction have been yesterday morning had the Niners lost that game to the Packers? I, I think there would have been some, hey, look, maybe Shanahan's not the guy. Like I said, I, I wholeheartedly believe they would have been looking for a replacement for Brock Purdy. I, I think he was playing to get another contract. And, and if they had lost to the Packers, you know the entire offseason they have been talking about maybe the 49ers need to get a better quarterback. He has all these weapons, so yes, it makes him look good, but when it is a huge game against a quality opponent, the Ravens, not even a quality opponent in the Packers, but in that huge moment, Purdy wasn't there. And that brings us back to how this all started. We we don't believe it's going to happen, but Sean McDermott, you you wonder you've you've been predict you were the I haven't heard anyone else say this. You sent me a text. I have it. I have it. If it happens, we have the proof. Uh, over a month ago, you thought uh, Jim Harbaugh to the Bills would be an extraordinary show. I think that would be wonderful. I, I think Harbaugh going to the NFL would be great for whoever gets him. One, college football and college sports altogether has really changed with the NIL deals. It's becoming about the money. It's not the programs. It's not the history. It's really about, you know, pay to play. Harbaugh has been recruiting all of the top talent in college football for the last several years. He knows these players. To hit an NFL roster that already has talent and a quality quarterback, we saw it happen with Pete Carroll from his years at USC. He went there. He was able to get steals in the fifth, sixth rounds because he knew these players We watched it with Jimmy Johnson years ago, come out of Miami and go to Dallas, which is really where the Cowboys were able to build that franchise because Jimmy Johnson knew the talent, knew all of these players from his years recruiting. We don't see a lot of college coaches having that success, but I think Harbaugh, because he knows the NFL and now knows all these college players, man, I, I think that would be a wonderful story. I just, I'm not sure the Bills are ready to give up on McDermott yet. I am. I'm ready to let him <laughs> kick him to the curb. Uh, but again, you have to ensure that you have someone who's going to be as good, if not better, if you're going to pull that trigger. And I would have quietly had reached out to Harbaugh's agent and said, hey, look, do you have any interest here? You know, I know we have a head coach. That does, hopefully it doesn't get out to the media. And even if it does, you know, McDermott, you got to realize if, if the Bills organization's got to be looking to take that next step. And if it means moving on from you, then that's what they need to do. Up next, are the Ravens really the number one team in the AFC? And why are we even talking about this anyways? Because a lot of people say all the games are rigged. We'll talk next. Mix Picks, the Mix Pick Sports Show. Let's go! The Mix Pick Sports Show. Got a hot take? Email us at rad at radradio.com. 
All right, Steve, before we actually get to the uh, the Ravens, uh, let's let's start with the Texans. Uh, they were uh, tied 10-10 at halftime, and you and I have been high on the Texans uh, all year. C.J. Stroud, uh, D'Amico Ryan, their head coach. They're, they're, uh, I, I think you mentioned uh, on an earlier show, for me, I, I, I was saying kind of like almost as a default, D'Amico Ryan has to be the coach of the year, although Dan Campbell, you had mentioned, and, and I think that, that certainly has to be in the conversation. But uh, that was just – that there, there was nothing surprising about the fact that the Ravens turned it on in the second half and the Texans went home. might have been a little disappointing, but there's nothing disappointing about this season for the Houston Texans. No, not at all. They, they had a wonderful season. They know they have their quarterback of the future in C.J. Stroud. I believe he's going to be an elite quarterback in the league. They were tied 10-10 in that first half, but they the Texans had that punt return. They took right up the middle. Great play to tie it at 10. But outside of that, the, the Texans' offense didn't do anything the entire game. So you knew the Ravens were going to win it big. But the Texans have to be happy. They've had a couple of really good drafts the last few years, so they're building talent. They're moving in the right direction. And to me, it's nothing but success because – they had a great season, uh, and hopefully they can continue to build off of this and become a contender in the AFC going forward. Well, let me ask you, is there any reason to believe they wouldn't? Uh, the only thing I can see really stopping them is C.J. Stroud suffers a, you know, a big injury. And I'm not saying like for one year, but suffer something like an RG3 did many years ago. What he wins like the rookie of the year, tears up his knee, I believe it was, in the playoffs and then was never the same because his uh, his strength was his mobility and being able to run, and he, and he lost a step, and he wasn't the same. So as long as Stroud can stay healthy, I, I think he is that good that he will keep this team in contention for many years. So as we mentioned, they were tied 10-10 at halftime. It was a game, and, and, and the, they, were, they were asked after halftime as they were coming out, uh, or maybe it was postgame, I think it was, uh, who did the talking in the Ravens locker room? You know, you come out, you go twenty-four nothing, and Lamar Jackson literally pounded his chest and said, "I did." He uh, he said it. He he said it would be inappropriate to repeat what was said. Uh, he just said there was a lot of cursing either way. He motivated the team, and out comes the, this twenty-four nothing run. Let's start with this: Is Lamar Jackson the obvious MVP? I, I think he is. He's had a great season. He rushed for over eight hundred yards. He's had a fantastic year passing. You know, he's not up with the league leaders in yards and touchdowns, but he's made this offense go. They have an outstanding defense. If not, you know, they're one of the best defenses in the league. Great pass rush there, and the Ravens won. Lamar Jackson really didn't have a bad game. And even the games the Ravens lost, they were like double-digit favorites going into the fourth quarter and found ways to lose. So their record really should have been even better than they were. And Lamar Jackson's the leader, and and he had a great season. So uh, can Mahomes pull off what he did last night? That was his first road game in the playoffs, let alone obviously road victory. Goes into Buffalo. Josh Allen, you know, top-notch quarterback. And uh, the, the Chiefs win it. Now they have to go, if they want to go back to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs have to go into ba- Baltimore and they have to deal with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And, and the question becomes, do, can the Chiefs do it? I mean, you got two of the best coaches in the NFL over the last decade, if not ever. John Harbaugh, Andy Reid, they're both really smart. You got two really talented uh, rosters. You got the Chiefs who have been there. The Ravens, they were there with John Harbaugh, but not with this team. I mean, this to me... 
a lot of people are just handing this game to the Ravens, and to me, it really shapes up like a battle of the Titans. I think it's going to be a great game. Right now, the Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. But what's really been missing out of this Chiefs team is how good this defense has really been. They're not giving up a lot of yards rushing. Their defense is not allowing a lot of points. If they can take the routing game away from the Ravens, contain Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes, I can never, as long as he's on the field, this team has a chance. It, it, Patrick Mahomes is that much of a game changer in my mind. I love watching him play, but if the Chiefs defense steps up and goes toe-to-toe as the Ravens defense can, it's not a cakewalk for Lamar Jackson. If he makes a couple of mistakes here and the Chiefs are able to capitalize on it, turn a couple of turnovers into touchdowns, I could see the Chiefs winning this game. I know this stuff drives you nuts, but it's part of the game now. And there were two big plays over the weekend that went beyond viral because of bad calls. And of course, when, or perceived bad calls. When you get bad calls, you right away get the mob saying, see, the, the fix is in. The, 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 game, the game's rigged. Why are we why are we even playing the game? And and this goes, I know, right to the heart of what you do, sports betting, because you have to have some integrity to this. The the less egregious one, although it, you could argue it could have affected the game, I guess, but it was in the uh it was in this game, the Ravens uh Texans game. It was in the second quarter when it's still a game and uh, Devin Singletary, he got a screen pass and he he was tackled and he hit you you could see he hit the ground with his elbow on the thirty four yard line, but the ref marked it at the thirty three yard line. And that was on second and short, and then they missed on third and one, and they 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 had to they had to punt the ball away, and, and people just started going nuts. See, they they don't want the Texans to have a chance; they want the Ravens to win. So, so, so. The bigger one was last night when the Chiefs are up twenty four twenty one. There's nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was uh, that third and six play where Mahomes throws he misses to Rasheed Rice, and what was weird if you were if you're watching it in real time. It took, in football terms, forever for, I don't even know if they ever threw the flag or if the refs just got together and started talking. And the, the storyline was that Patrick Mahomes was going nuts, making his case. And, of course, you when you're, when you're an A-list quarterback, you, you have some cachet. Or if you believe in conspiracy theories, you're reminding the refs, hey, we're supposed to win this thing. And, and when you watch the replay, yes, Rice was bumped over the middle by Bill's linebacker, Dorian Williams. And the, the refs huddle up, and what makes the story so much more juicy is that the lead referee on this one is Sean Hockley, who has had nothing but controversy this year. And they make the decision to call pass interference, and then when you watch the replay, he, he it depends on what you perceive. Some people say the defender made legal contact within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and that, that is kind of what I what I saw. And people are up in arms over this, saying, see, see the, the fix is in. And, and I know you could do a whole show on, on this, but but I know your answer is technology, but we can't challenge every play. So I, what what do you make of all this? I think we need to take the technology not to challenge plays, but to use it during the course of professional sports. Now that sports is legal in so many states, and the eye has really become on sports betting, you see it everywhere now. You gotta take questionable things out of the game if at all possible. You know, the Lions-Rams game, there's two plays in there that you look at that could have affected the outcome of the game. The, the Rams were off size. They called illegal procedure on the Lions. They moved the Lions back versus giving the Lions a first down. They ended up punting. 
if they'd gotten the first down, they were in field goal range. They probably would have scored again before the first half was over versus giving the ball back to the Rams, keeping that momentum, and maybe they score more. But then leaving the game as is, it was a defensive holding on the Lions secondary late in the game that they didn't call, which then ended up basically stopping the Rams drive because they would have been in field goal range, had first down, ran the clock out, kicked the field goal to win. If he had made it, he could have missed wide right. But <laughs> as we keep watching these games, the, the technology we have as far as camera coverage, we can see everything. In the old days, we didn't have that. I think they have to find a way to use technology to speed it up. How we cannot tell if the ball crossed the goal line, and I know it's a scrum and it looks like a rugby but how do you not chip the ball, chip the the goal line, whatever it is, so you know if it's a first down or if it's not a first down? Little things like this, I think, would really help. And just you want to take as many questions out of the game. See here, look, they're using this. You can see it. Tennis does a wonderful job because I can see the ball every time it hits the court when it's close, exactly the outline of the ball. So, I, yeah, okay, they got it right. Or, oh, look, screwed that one up. Just make it so we have a little more trust in the officiating and not the really human element, which we've all accepted. But in today's day and age, when I got 90 million people who can see that human element is really wrong, it really makes people question, well, what are they doing that for? How could they miss that? Because I can see that they got the call wrong. So you you have you have gone full circle on this, and human error is no longer part of the game. I think at the end of the day, all of us want whatever the outcome is to be correct. Even if it's against your team. Look, I can live with that because I know it wasn't a human uh, you know, that human element of it. And, and being a Lions fan, I can go on and on and on. I, I sent you the text of of the playoff game with the Cowboys, which was their, their last loss. You know, they even announced pass interference. And then they decide, well, no, we're not going to do it. We threw a flag. We announced it. We explained it to everybody. But, nope, we got to pick it up. How can you not human nature question that? And say, whoa, hold it a second. And the Lions have had so many. Why, in my opinion? Because they're not a popular team. They've never beaten anybody. They've never really mattered. They they do not draw people to the audience. It's not like the Cowboys or anything like that. So in those little moments, you question, well, do are they really shooting for, because it's a business, TV ratings, and what does better for the league as a whole, or are they actually trying to be exact of what should have happened in that gaming games it's okay so this is interesting i i thought i thought you were in the spot of because it's a bad look i can understand why fans would go to this place but it sounds like you're going to the place a little bit like like you're saying maybe yeah that's that's worth questioning i mean the nfl would want the ravens to advance more than the, the texans i are are you have you been so beaten down by this or or you genuinely believe that yeah there's there's a little bit of this I do believe there is a little bit of this because at the end of the day, it's a business, it's TV rankings, it's viewership and, and a Buccaneers playing the Texans is not going to draw anything close or make the NFL anything close to the amount of money as say a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl would do, or the chiefs, you know, the chiefs 49ers. And, and I'm not saying the games are rigged. Believe me. I'm not saying that they have a script that you see now out there, oh, they got a script and they're just fine. 
I, I don't believe that, but I believe that in a sense, maybe unconsciously, hey, look, if it's a really close play, we'd rather have the 49ers get it if there's any doubt than say, sorry, the Lions or the Buccaneers or something like that. And, and it, it's not all the time. It's just once in a while, I have a hard time believing that there isn't that little bit of influence somewhere. So, so okay, now, whether and whether it's spoken, whether it's like you said, maybe, you know, it's just known – that could bode well for this weekend. I know under normal circumstances, Lions, Niners, a little, little different in terms of the bohemianism and, the, and the, the, the market size, but the Lions are such a great story, and the Chiefs and Ravens are both excellent teams. I mean, to me, it seems like any one of these matchups would, the NFL would be thrilled with because the, the country's going to rally behind the Lions if they go, and, and we already talked about the AFC teams. I mean, didn't, maybe they're just going to let them play this weekend. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. Normally, I would say, no, the Lions don't have the market share, but they've been built up for the last year with their expectations and Dan Campbell, and blue collar, hard work. We're going to beat you up. We're going to play this game physical. And the country's really gotten behind the Lions. And so I don't see that, even though they're a small market team, the Ravens have been a great team. Patrick Mahomes, the 49ers. I think the NFL is sitting nice going, look, it doesn't matter the matchups that come out this weekend, because I think regardless of what it is, there's going to be huge interest in this game. Well, I'll remind you of that when you're texting me on Sunday and bitching about the calls against the Lions uh, when uh, our two teams are playing. The Raiders have a new head coach. A couple other pieces of breaking news. We'll be right back. Mix Picks, the Mix Pick Sports Show. And we're back on the Mixed Pick Sports Show. And, uh, Steve, I was just I, I kept it. I told you I would. I promised I would. Right before we went on a holiday break, you and I broke down what we believed, uh, who we believed would wind up in the playoffs. And we had like two or three weeks left uh, at that point. And, and no surprise here, we ultimately we wound up with the exact same list as we talked it through. Uh, so let's, let's just see how we did. Th these were our playoff teams going in. Nine, this is your list. Well, and my list. We both have the same one. Niners, Lions. Packers, Buccaneers, Eagles, Cowboys. Pretty good. That is really good. We, we got we got them all in there. Uh, a couple of uh, breaking uh, news items. Uh, New England Patriots uh, coach, head coach Jared Mayo this morning says they are prepared to back up the money truck. Uh, they have a lot of cap space, $65 million in uh, salary cap space. Coming off a 4-13 season, Coach Mayo says that Robert Kraft has empowered he, Mayo, and the existing personnel staff to rebuild the team, are they are they that close after going four and thirteen under under? I mean, they need a quarterback more than anything. I think they need a lot of things. This talent of this team is just not the same. They need a quarterback. They need some wide receivers. Uh, I, I don't think free agency is going to solve it. They're going to need two, maybe three, really solid drafts that they pick up. You know, two to three impact players in each draft to really get it back in. So I don't expect to see the Patriots to be competitive, uh, you know, till what are we talking like 2026, maybe 2027. The, the question is, is if the Patriots are as bad as I believe they are, how long is Mayo really going to be, you know, how much of a chance is he going to be given? Or if he goes, you know, four and thirteen, and then six and eleven. Is he still going to be around for for year three? And then at that point, you know, this is where I think a lot of teams mess up. Is 
give the coaches the time to rebuild it. And I know if you got a bad coach, you got to make the change. But when you don't have a lot of good personnel, it takes a while to turn that franchise around. Well, and this takes us back to the conversation we were having earlier about expectations and Niner fans. I mean, the, the, the Patriots, there's a whole generation of fans out there who are used to the Patriots being like the, the, the Niners or the Steelers or the Cowboys. Of various, they have no recollection of how the, the New England Patriots were a joke. They were a punchline before before Belichick showed up. And so how patient will the fan base be if you're right that it's going to take another two or three years? You're coming, you're replacing the greatest coach of all time, even though, yeah, he had a couple of bad seasons. The, the, the fan base, they don't care about that. They're looking at it like, uh, okay, you, you spent all this money. Uh, they, they, I, I, here's what I would expect if we needed analogies. The New England Patriots fan base, the reasonable ones, they would expect the Patriots next season to be like the Texans and the following season to be like the Lions. I would say following season, they need to be better than the Lions unless the Lions go to the Super Bowl. I believe the Patriots fan base is, look, next year with this coach, you got to put us in the playoffs. The second year, you got to advance deep into the playoffs and or go to the Super Bowl. That fan base has been spoiled. And, you know, the organization has been outstanding to win in today's day and age and be that dominant for that long win those Super Bowls, win that division year after year. But the fans gotten used to that. They're not going to settle for, oh, yeah, it's going to take us two or three years to get back into the playoffs. And then even when we do, we're really not expected to go deep. I don't see the fan base settling for that. And, you know, Jared Mayo might be a great head coach. Hopefully he is, and he's able to turn it around quickly. But, man, he's in a tough spot because I just don't think they have the talent. Well, and it doesn't help that that whole region has become used to winning in a variety of ways. The Red Sox suddenly become great again. You know, and it's, it's amazing how it changes the whole culture, the whole sports culture of, of your – you know, they're, they're getting restless over the Celtics. You know, they, they, the Celtics has its window, and it, 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 that whole – they are not going to be patient, Steve. They are not. No, not not at all. And, you know, you take the Celtics. I mean, they're the best team out of the Eastern Conference in the NBA – and they're still not happy. It's like they need to dominate even more. Yeah. And we should point out, you know, it's all, in, inaugural show of the Daily Mixed Pick Sports Show. It ain't all football all the time. But, you know, look at the calendar. And, and this is what's going on right now. Uh, and we are absolutely going to cover uh, all sports uh, as they matter. Uh, one other, yes, we're still going to do some football notes. Uh, former Washington Commanders head coach Rod Rivera is interviewing with the Eagles for their defensive coordinator position. What a disaster that whole thing turned out to be. Bringing in uh, Matt Patricia, the complete collapse of the Eagles, uh, which we never had a chance really to talk about. I, I, I'm actually surprised there wasn't more chatter about Sirianni losing his job. Uh, I don't know how much these coordinators you know, matter. I mean, you know, Ron Rivera's proven he seems to be a nice guy, not a great head coach. I think he's a decent coordinator. I'm not sure that's the answer. I think it has to be a step up from what ended up happening with that defense. I think there's a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. I think Rivera would be a nice pickup for the Eagles. Still just not convinced that Sirianni's fully going to last. You know, you keep hearing rumblings about Belichick going to the Eagles. I, I don't see that happening, <laughs> oh, but yeah. wouldn't it be fun because he's got the talent. Now let's just figure out a way to win it. No, I I did hear that rumor the other day, and I thought, well, that that is an interesting uh, an interesting twist. Uh, we just got an email, rad at radradio.com from Brian. He says, "Hey Steve, I'm a diehard Niners fan, and I do hope they win. If they don't make it to the Super Bowl, I will be rooting for the Lions. And I have enjoyed learning more about sports from you, and I'm glad you're doing the Daily Show with Rob. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, we'll be here every day. 
You can email us, rad at radradio.com. You can also call. we got to get everybody used to this uh, at uh, 888-989-9811. I know you love getting emails like that. Oh, a- absolutely. And and I can't thank the fan base you know, enough for the support I've gotten all season long and them stepping up and cheering for the Lions. And, and again, I, I understand they're playing the 49ers, and that's probably most likely your team. Feel free root for the 49ers, but just thank you for all that support you've given me all season long. Because being a Lions fan, I, I will tell you, I really haven't had any support from anywhere for many, many years. So so to hear people actually cheering for the Lions, ah, it's a wonderful feeling. And, and regionally, you're right. I mean, other than the transients that come in, like, like for in Sacramento, there's an extraordinarily big Steeler fan base, which is very odd. But for the most part, it's Niners. Raiders, uh, which brings us to the Raiders hired their 23rd head coach in franchise history. And, and I mean, stunningly intelligent move for owner Mark Davis. I, I, I was shocked at this. I, I thought he was going to do something really stupid like he did last time. Uh, but he took uh, Antonio Pierce, who was named interim coach after the team fired Josh McDaniels. Uh, and he guided the Raiders to five and four. But more than that, the, the players. I mean, Antonio P- Pierce, it helps that he played linebacker. He won a Super Bowl. The players just raved about him. Uh, Devontae Adams publicly advocated for him. Uh, there was talk. I know you and I were talking about it. Of course, it would have been great to see Belichick go to, to, to Vegas. But there, there was talk about flirting with Harbaugh and all that. I think this is a great move. I agree with you. I think this is the best move the Raiders could have done. You know, they've swung big and missed on Gruden, uh, Josh McDaniels. They're paying a lot of money out there. The players really wanted Pierce. Look, if he doesn't turn out to be any good, you can get rid of him next year, the year after that. But he did an outstanding job. He earned the right to be the Raiders head coach. I'm glad they finally stepped up and said, hey, look, let's give it to him. He's shown us what he that team was playing hard at the end of the season and playing really good football. I think their defense was one of the best defenses and I'm saying this about the Raiders in the NFL the last few weeks of the season. And I haven't said that in a long time. I think Howie Long was <laughs> playing for the Raiders the last time I said anything good about that Raiders defense. He earned it. And I'm glad to see ownership do the right thing by him, the team, the fans, give him the opportunity. Look, you're not out anything. If he doesn't pan out the next year or two, you move on. You see what coaches are out there at that time, and then replace him. But he earned the job. I'm very happy they gave it to him. And you want to talk about a fan base that has dramatically low expectations at this point. It's the Raiders. Yes. And, 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 you know, if they would have swung big and and let's say they brought in Harbaugh or Belichick or something like that, and they still had no success. I mean, where do you go from there? At least now they can, hey, look, let's regroup. You know, we're not paying Pierce a hundred million to be our coach. Uh, I, I wish them well. I want the Raiders to succeed. And I know many listeners may sit there and go, oh, Steve doesn't like, look, the Raiders aren't my favorite team, but I live in Vegas. I want them to be competitive. I want them to be really good. So I, I'm rooting for them. I just, they got to get that coaching and their personnel right. We are here every day. I know a lot of you will be listening uh, after the fact and uh, checking out on the podcast or whatever. If you've heard anything uh, that you want to respond to, we're right back here tomorrow morning. We just got this email, radradio.com from either Lewis or Louis. says, Mark Davis said something to the matter of, quote, I've had a bad history of picking and my players were threatening to mutiny, so it was an easy choice, end quote. 
Good for him to admit that. Absolutely. Even if you may have half been joking. On that note, uh, Steve, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning right here at 10 a.m. You can email us rad at radradio.com. Mix Picks, the Mix Pick Sports Show. The Mix Pick Sports Show. Got a hot take? Email us at rad at